Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Corner, episode 45. And uh, today we're going to be talking about thought leadership. The holy grail of everything you ever wanted to know or everything you ever wanted to achieve as a marketing person. I would like to say that the idea for this episode actually was a listener request yes. from Tice. Hey boy, hey. And Emily, hey girl, hey. <laughs> I also promised them that I would do the intro or the shout out that way. Okay, cool. I was about to say that's, yeah, I've never done a shout out like that. But... Hey boy, hey. <laughs> hey boy, <Girl> hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to love it. Size and Emily, this one's for you. Okay, I love it. So it's actually funny because like um, when I when I started out Sparkforce, I kind of identified four different strategies you could do as a B2B. And one of them is thought leadership. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like it's the one that turns out the most fluffy and people have the hardest time defining. So I think it's I think it's pretty on point that we talk about it now. And um, I'm, I'm happy. I'll kick it off with a question for you because I think you've you've done it like I think we've done it a bit differently, but still somewhat same. Mm -hmm. So. Let's start like simply, like for you, how do you understand thought leadership today? Like, well, what is it for you? I guess there's two different strands, right? Mm -hmm. There's what do I try to do to make myself a thought leader for my own personal brand? Yeah. And then what is that as a marketer doing that for my company? Yeah, good and point. So there's kind of the social selling and the personal brand and that's one bucket. And then the other one, which I think is part of the question that the request to do this episode is, is how do you build your company and your C-level as a thought leader, as thought leaders? Yeah. And how do you quantify that? How do you know if it's working? How does that help your business? Yeah. Like you said, it's super fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, how do I quantify that? I think it is just making or qualify, I should say, is making at least your C-level building their personal brand, so to speak, so that you get some level of trust within your organization. Mm. Have you ever, like, hardcore question, have you ever had success with that part, like building your CEO? Like, uh, what is success, Cass? Yeah, <laughs> good point, good point. No, no, no. But you ever, ever, okay, let's put it in our way. Have you ever felt that you were doing, like, you were moving in the right direction, right? I'll tell you what we do here. We do have a thought leadership play. I, I think you guys do pretty well in that. Like, really uh, well. actually, so just, yeah. That is um, social media yeah. is a big part of that. Shout out to Mecca. Hey, girl, hey. Yeah. Because she actually sits with our C-level, our founders, and plans out the social media posts that they're going to do and she asks them what they want to talk about and with them crafts it because they would never do it on their own and that's not because they're lazy it's because they've got a lot to do but it, it's so I think if you're a busy C-level it's bottom of your list is like oh we should probably put something on LinkedIn but actually it's super important so having that kind of poke 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 is super helpful definitely and I think like if you want to involve your C-levels like you do uh, then from a company level you have to like I've never had it like being sea level driven like yeah uh, it's always driven from somewhere else yeah. and you have to get them to buy it but i think like i like like uh, your cco anas i think he's a pretty good example of how to actually use it for me like uh, so i know anas a bit before as well but uh, he he strikes to me like when i think of anas i don't i don't just think of him as a cco like i think of him as someone who tries to represent a new way of working if that makes sense. Yeah. So he's a new, he's a thought leader within like some like leadership space, yeah. if you could say that, right? That's actually what we, we sat down with our C-level ranks. Exactly. Like, what's your, Perfect. what's your thing going to be? What's your thing going to be? What's your, you know, obviously us being a tech product, our CTO is, you know, we're trying to build his profile up. Anas, Anas is, we're, we're very blessed in that he is very comfortable in front of a camera. He's mm -hmm. very comfortable on social. He's, you know, he has that C 
in not the first C, but the middle C yeah. of commercial. So he understands the value of branding and yeah. has a branding background. But maybe for the other C level who are more, yeah, they're not that kind of marketing brain. They're tech, they're finance, they're, you know, getting them more comfortable with posting and putting their opinions out there. And typically it's uh, like Anas. Uh... He's not an introvert, right? Shout out. But no, but he, he's not, right? And like, it's typically when they are introverts, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit more difficult. At least I found. What about you and your uh, previous companies? What have you done about thought leadership? I've tried. Like, um, so I think like um, at United Fintech, we, it was always something we talked about so much. And I, I really tried. Like we did a lot of with, with the Christian, our founder. Like he, he, we tried to position him. We even paid some people to help host for him. Like, I don't know if I could say that, but, but, uh, but we, we did a lot of things to help, help innovate that space around him. And, um, and, and I think that's worked. Like we got him on podcast. We got him a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but, um, to be honest, and I don't think I'm hurting Christian when I can say this is that he, he doesn't, he, he knows it's super important and he prioritizes it in his mind, but not in his calendar. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah, yeah. right? Where it's like it's one of those cases where it's like, yeah, it's super important. I just don't have time to do it. <laughs> it's like, but you need you are the one who should be doing it. Yeah, yeah. So so, uh, and I think at Templify, I I think it was I almost want to say even worse. Like, cause here at least like a United Fintech Christian kind of got it, but like at Templify, I felt like the C levels. Yeah, they recognized it was a thing, but they were they would only do it if you're like, yes, we got you in this article on Forbes. Here you can quote something, and we wrote. And we, I wrote the quote. I wrote can the quote, and it? can you just approve it? <laughs> like, and that that for me is oh, that's the old school thought leadership, and I think that's that's the distinction I want to make. So yes, the old school thought leadership, I, I guess I did that pretty well, but I don't believe in that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe that's what it takes. I don't believe that's that's not what I am seeing working out there okay uh, what i'm seeing working out there is people who find a channel and niche a topic and then they they're passionate about it mm-hmm. we just had an interview with leah just before this and she said like one of the things i remember she was like she said the mo- most important thing was passion mm-hmm. like you gotta like you gotta gotta be passionate about the things you talk about yeah. uh, and if you can get passion from one of these founders it can be it can drive a whole business yeah. it can drive the whole business like, I, the perfect example, not to hawk on his horn, but you know, Elon, like Elon Musk, like uh, the big guy, right? He is thought leadership in essence. When mm-hmm. like he, like she, like I do not want my C level behaving like. I don't, that. I don't, <laughs> like I don't want that either. But but when you think of Elon, you think innovative, you think like bold, you think like oh, he's pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's what like he's doing it, and he does it on his own. Like yes, he probably has a team that helps him, but you can feel that when he tweets, it's 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 his own <laughs> thoughts, right? <laughs> like he's doing this thing, and I like I I'm used to Richard Branson is another go to of mine that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like man, that guy, like, yes, he has a team. He's a, he's a bit more on the safe side, which is crazy to say that he is, but he, he's doing it. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, I've seen it work. Like I've seen a lot of new startups. I, I think some of the, I think butter is a good startup that I, I was thinking about recently where like the, the founders, like all in your face, posting a lot of time. I'm in a network group with a guy called Christian from Soyos. It's like an HR, um, a SaaS platform. He's all over LinkedIn, and he's like showing the way, like so, so, and and it's funnily enough, like those companies also do well. <laughs> like it's not like fun, like the things like things are correlated. But I think it's also interesting too. It's it's 
it's about authenticity as well, yeah. right? And passion. And I think, you know, there's there's some companies and we've worked in them where the CEO is up there on his pedestal in his glass office and he's not talking to people and he's just has a team making his posts. And then you have the the startup vibe that we have where you have your CEO, your CTO, your CFO, whoever in the weeds with you and you know you could sit with them at lunch and that's one of the things that we try to get across is that you know our ceo we sit with him at lunch and we're like hey we're thinking of talking about this what and he'll say to us actually want to talk about this yeah and and that's really nice to get and like to get that across so we're working with him to post every month um and also when we're doing stuff you know if we have something specific if we have a webinar we want him to share that if something great happens that's really good and what we've also done is we've sent him to um, the Mobile World Congress, which is okay. happening right now in Spain. He's working the floor. He had a book a meeting with me link. You know, we're, we're trying Smart. to get him talking to more people because that's yeah. powerful. And that's essentially amplifying that on LinkedIn to show that's powerful. That's what people want to know. And and I feel like so so I've done a um, I I recently spoke at an event uh, like not an event or in front of a company for a private session on social selling and stuff and and I remember uh, when I was going through their uh, LinkedIn profiles and stuff they had like they had no activity like they had no no activity whatsoever and I think um, it's just and when you looked at the one the guy who had the most activity he had like twice three times as many followers as the company itself and this was he didn't have a lot of followers and the company did you can kind of guess that even less <laughs> but but the point is what, what i'm trying to say is that these days we trust people we don't trust brands yes right yeah. and and when you want to be seen as like hey uh, we want to we have a vision like the company has a vision on a mondo has a vision mm -hmm. spark force has hopefully has a vision right uh, but we have, we have a like you have a you have a vision you have a mission vision uh, thing for for Templify right for United FinTech for the companies there, and the best way to get that out is through a spokesperson, like you can feel it much more. Like the company's not driven. Like whenever you see something you're like yeah we're driven by a customer satisfaction bullshit, <laughs> right? Like fuck off. Like nobody believes that. But if somebody says. Hey, I'm driven. I want to change, like Christian in uh, you know, I think he said, I want to change the banking world. I want to change how we do banking. Like, I don't believe this is how we're supposed to think. I'm like, okay, you got my attention. I'm listening. And that for that for me, that's why thought leadership was really powerful. That's when it matters. So, how do you? Now that we kind of covered what it is and yeah. the power of it, how do you do it? Yeah. How do you measure it if you're doing success? Or uh, let's let's do the three. How do you do it? How do you measure it? How do you know if you do it? You, you've been successful? So first of all, we have to do a distinction between pr uh, private and company, right? Mm -hmm. So because uh, like at some point it has to cross the threshold. Uh, take an example. Think of a CRM system. At least until a few years ago, most people would say it's Salesforce, right? Mm -hmm. That to me is true thought leadership. Like that that's the epitome of where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Like that's the goal. That's the end goal, right? So that's the company wide. Where are, where the CF like the Mark Benioff right from Salesforce? Mm -hmm. That that's the guy I think of when I think of Salesforce. So there's there's a company and there's a private like a private. And you think there's two different ways to do it. From the private, you have to find your champions, right? Mm -hmm. So find the ones that you can position. Typically, it doesn't like it's better when it's C level if you can get those. But but it is what it is. And it usually find the ones that could get the ball rolling. People are addicted to success, man. Like, whenever it works, whenever they see, uh, hey, God, man, this guy is picking up traction and he's a VP like me and he has 30,000 followers, everyone's listening to him. 
and he's probably going to get promoted. You know, <laughs> then I need to just start doing the same. Yeah. People are like that. So, so I found that the best way to 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 find champions internally that you can des- decide that they have something interesting to say, help guide them, like help them. I've used ghostwriting sometimes, like helped ghostwrite for them just to get it started. Yeah. I've helped positioning. A lot of it is coordination, like getting in front of podcasts, webinars, like we do stuff. So help just reaching out to space. So you can do a lot of these efforts. And if they're into it, then it becomes magnitude, like like goes crazy. If they're not into it, you'll get by. Yeah. That's how you can slowly drag something along the way, but you won't really get there. Yeah. But if you combine the two, you have someone who's passionate and you help them with the coordination, boom. That's... Yeah. That's at least that's dynamite. Mm-hmm. So to your la- to your other question, how to measure it? That's the hard part for me. Like um, that's the hard part. So there's like um, there's elements of self re- uh, attributed, like self at- self reported attribution. Sorry, mm-hmm. where like, hey, have you heard? How have you heard of uh, Sparkforce? Well, when people write Casper, it's like, okay, but it's my company, right? Yeah. But hopefully in the future, when we're 50, 100 employees or whatever, and they still write Casper, then we'll know. Okay, whatever Casper is, he's doing. Yeah. It makes sense. I think the same goes, but at the end of the day, that's pretty hard to do. Like, uh, so, so I think it's one of those things. So like, if you can see you gain traction on a channel, like, and it's the right kind of traction. We talk with Leah about followers, right? Uh, if you get, feel like, Hey, we, now we put on us, he's getting traction. He's getting more followers. We're getting more engagement when we put him in front. I think that for me, that's enough. I think that's an interesting point too, because and this is something that comes up time and time again, us marketing folk tend to be very good at that. Yeah. But what I found particularly in like the PR world is no one wants to put head of marketing on an article oh. because your job is to sell. You know, yeah. same reason they don't do head of sales. They want your CTO. They want your CEO. And I think that's an interesting point of when you try to find your champion, I think they also have to fit into who you're trying to attract. Yes. You know, so what you're trying to achieve essentially. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's the issue that we have is that we are a very tech heavy product. We want to talk to d- embedded engineers and yeah. solutions architects. So if we throw a branding guy out there who's very good on camera and very charismatic that as soon as they see commercial, they're probably going to go, eh, yeah. ah, yeah, you're selling something. Whereas if we put the CTO out there who's like, beep, boop, bop, beep, 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 you know, talking in code, then they go, ah, okay. I like, so I think that's also something that I'm trying to be very conscious of is because the people from my ICP that I'm trying to attract are not necessarily the extroverts. And that means the people that I want to talk to them are also not necessarily extroverts. And the extroverts are the people they don't want to talk to. Yeah. So it's kind of trying to find that balance, right, of people who are out there and happy to be out there, but also someone, I mean, Leah, again, in the last episode talked about uh, representation and someone yeah. you can look at someone and go, I can see myself in that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a very delicate balance, I think. I totally agree. Um, yeah. That's why it's hard to do. That's why it can be very fluffy. And I think. And it did it for a lot of these people, like you said yourself, no hard feelings towards CTOs, but it doesn't come natural to most of them. Yeah. Like, that's uh, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. That is so, so sometimes they need a gentle nudge, right? But that's also why like, like when when you look at the tool set in like in your toolbox of thought leadership, mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, like PR. Like PR is a big part of it, right? Yeah. Like uh, and then positioning your 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 people, and that's the it's expensive, and I want to say easy because it's easy because you kind of just pay people to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it's it's uh, the expensive way, but also the easy way to get some some sort of thought leadership. I don't truly believe it's real. It's the proper uh, thought leadership anymore. But I have seen cases, we did some with United Fintech where we got them in some magazines 
And I was like, this nobody ever reads that magazine. And then it was a guy who was like, yeah, I saw your person in this magazine. I was like, how do people apparently do read this? But okay, whatever. So I admit I was wrong a little bit. Well, just a little bit. But <laughs> just a tiny bit. You know, tiny bit. Uh, but, 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 but that, the, in terms of toolbox, that's still a big part of it. Yeah. Like, and of course, just like anything else, like it all, it all works better if you do multiple things. Yes. Yeah. Very true. What's your, what's your opinion on, uh, the, the thought leadership, uh, gang of a uh, gardener and forester and those, those likes? <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit about for, uh, well, at least some of them be thankful. <laughs> they have reached out to interview us and. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do the shit talk. But I, we, Okay. Back in the archives, in the marketing quarter archives, what was the? It was one of the first episodes. Yeah, we talked talk about, about it pretty. Analyst yeah. reports. It's been a while. What sucks is so many people rely on them, but they are so, they're not really even hiding the fact that they are pay to play anymore. No. And that sucks. And I've had a. It's so straight up obvious. Yeah. And it's I not even had, fun anymore. Uh, we've had recently. Um, we did not feature on the Magic Quadrant again, even though we've met with Gartner nine times. I had nine meetings, me and the CEO, nine meetings with them to discuss our positioning, why we are, you know, in the market, what we are. And they said, okay, and like now here we want to talk about our services. The price tag was seventy to one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And we said, bit bit steep for us, but thank you anyway. But we'll keep you in mind. And guess who did not appear on the Magic Quadrant yeah. this year? And, and you can insinuate whatever you want, but come on, like they say it's not pay to play. But come on, nine hours of my CEO, my time, and they still couldn't figure out where to place us. Yeah. And that's not me being sour grapes. That's me knowing we're we're shoulder to shoulder slash above a lot of people who ended up on that on that quadrant. And what yeah. worries me, like I'm not that worried, but what worries me is enterprise customers, the people who want to get in front of, unfortunately look to that sometimes yeah. and put a lot of emphasis on that meaning that you are good. So uh, much. Which means you can pay for it, and that's the important emphasis. I think we talked about this in the episode we did way back when, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's like I also felt like, I remember actually I did a post on LinkedIn about it back then, and I, one of the answers was like, and I, I thought a lot about this, and we were like, Gardner and Forrester gives you the, like, the corporate thought leadership. And what I mean with that is just when you're in the sales process, when you pick when you pick a vendor who's in a, the magic quadrant by Gardner, it's it's like uh, nobody ever got fired for buying uh, IBM, right? Or Dell, right? That's I think that's the, that's the quote. And it's the same thing. Nobody ever got fired for buying someone who's the leader of the magic quadrant. Yeah. You don't get fired for buying that because you did your best. They're the leaders. I bought the leader. Come yeah. on, guys. I can't get fired. Look at my PowerPoint, right? But I think that falls into, that's not thought leadership. No. That's pay to play. That's pay to play. That's pay to play. Let's that's be real. The difference, unfortunately, yeah, and it's it's the consumer, right? How do they differentiate? Because if they're like, oh, they're in this report and they're on the magic quadrant, they must be thought leaders. Bullshit. That means they dug deep into their pockets and they have to return on that investment. I, I truly believe so, right? Like um, They might sue us for this. but Yeah, whatever. Take us down. <laughs> prove me wrong. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> prove me wrong. Gardner, prove me wrong. Oh, Jesus. Here we have the TikTok. There it is. I'm looking at you. Look at me. Look at me. Raph, zoom in. I wrote you an email. I wrote you an email, Gardner, asking why we were omitted again. Nine meetings. Nine meetings. Nine meetings of my life in the summer. <laughs> and you left us out and you have not responded to my email about why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Back to thought leadership, measuring, measuring. Yeah. For us, 
One of the things we track is obviously followers, LinkedIn, engagements, um, activity. We do self-reporting attribution as well. Where did you hear about us? We also see, uh, we do have a PR agency who help us get in front of people, who help us get these articles. So we also keep track of kind of how many of those come out. Yeah. Um, I am also going to do a little humble brag, but I was in Wired. I don't know if uh, you caught it. You haven't said that. I haven't seen that. You were Wired? I put it on LinkedIn. I didn't see that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So we had an opportunity to talk about Wired, and it was a really cool... Our PR agency is like, someone's looking for someone to talk about how you uh, uh, increase product, uh, uh, excuse me, tech efficiency. What? In Wired. And I was like, I'm in. Jump. Gather around. And I had like an hour to do it. And the tech team were like really helpful. And I did this, and I did kind of, here's what research suggests. And I did like desktop research, like, hey, ChatGPT, <laughs> what do people think about this? And then I interviewed like what we do at Automundo, what I do with my team, what the tech team does. Because okay. it kind of does a little something yeah, different. Yeah, that. And they quoted me. And I, Fuck yeah, yeah. Jen. So I what got up? wired. It's in wired. Um, getting sh- getting shit done, people. Getting take shit note done, and I yeah. did it in an hour. So um, but that does that make me a thought leader? Probably not. No. <laughs> but what we like, let's be real. Like what we are doing right now with a podcast, that is our version of building thought leadership, right? So for me, like I know we call it thought leadership. For me, it's like sometimes I also think about it just as a role model. Built, becoming a like like we, Leah brought it up as a term before, and I kind of like I kind of like it. Like uh, we're building we're building our own role models, if that makes sense, right? Uh, and what we're doing now as a podcast creation, like doing the podcast here, that is our version of building thought leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. that's a very real version of it. Like uh, I would love my CTO to start his own podcast, but that's exactly. not gonna happen. We'll facilitate it. I'll even I'll even help. I don't even I don't even know. I'll, I'll do it for free. Come on in. Yeah. You know where the studio is. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's cool. I've also thought like um, you can also do stuff like uh, so ghostwriting. I've done a, a bit of in the past as well, but also um, doing um, building uh, huge content pieces for thought leaders. So we've done, a, I call it blockbuster pieces of content, like huge pieces of content. Mm-hmm. But you can also do smaller guides and ghostwrite them for your thought leader. Mm. So be like your your CTO, here's a guide to written by me, mm. right? I've, I've written a 10-page guide on how to track cows. <laughs> We're back on the couch again. <laughs> Sorry. I had to do it. Cows? I fucking had to do it. Yeah. No, but anyways, people. but point being, like having this like... Uh, and goes right this like guide and put his stamp on it. That's also a really good way, especially if it's a good guide. Yeah, yeah. No, you actually put some yeah. effort into it. Right now, we yeah, I don't think we attribute internal, you know, white papers and stuff like that. It's just kind of yeah, no mundo. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Do you um when it comes to measurement, because thought leadership is an investment, right? Yes, definitely in time. If if not, also financially, if you have a ghostwriter or something like that, how do you know if you're getting return on that investment? Maybe. No, but um, um, so- sometimes it's a little bit simple, right? Like, um, uh, is it uh, hard to prove if you're, let's say, you're, uh, yeah, let's take Salesforce. Like, hey, you grew from 150,000 followers to 200,000. Okay, how do we track if the 50,000 more mattered? Mm. That's hard. But here, if you have a founder who's at 500 followers and next year, like, or Leah who's at 500 and next year is at 17,000, 18,000. 18,000. 18,000, sorry. By the time this comes out. Yeah, sorry about that, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> so but but um, 
but but how I would measure it is if they like get more traction on their posts. So if they're seen more by, by like the stuff they put out. So naturally, you can also measure the traction on the actual stuff they put out. Mm-hmm. So not only is the stuff that live, but if they suddenly share links, you can actually measure the traffic there. But you could also just um, look at the actual amount of people who write to you on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever platform you're on. Mm-hmm. Like, and if that number goes up, then you're doing something right. And I hate to be the like boring version, but that's kind of how I've been doing it. Like that's how I've been doing it with my my uh, C. Like I remember at United FinTech when we started doing some things, he at some point was like, uh, "I have too many people writing to me. I think we need to slow down." <laughs> it's like, okay, good sign. Wow. Okay. Good sign. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. Good shit. Uh, we'll slow down. <laughs> yeah. But that's when it, actually speaking, of which when I, when I said with them going to the Congress, you know, book a meeting with me now. The amount of people who want to meet with him is. We had to get a BDR to kind of filter it. Exactly. So that's obviously a good sign as well. That, and that's a, that's a good sign. Because, like, I don't think uh, it's not like we measured in an ARR, right, or anything. That's the thing. Like, we don't, we don't, we don't measure in the same way. So, in MQL, it's, no. uh, yeah. And that's fine. Some things don't have to be. But is it important? I think so. I, uh, I have this, like, um, so people can't see this because I can't really draw it either. But usually I have this where I where I cr- kind of try to categorize your initiatives, right? Mm. And your thought leadership initiatives. And I always put that and say like, hey, this is your five-year goal, like goal as a company. Okay. And I always call it five-year. And uh, sometimes I just do it just to frame it. Because mm-hmm. like, this is the stuff that takes the longest time with the best ROI once you get there, but the longest time. Like, you can do thought leadership for two years and feel like, okay, we're not really moving the needle. Maybe that's because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> but but you could be like that. And I remember we did a Templify, and when we started, we were 30 employees. And it was only when we got to, like, you know, the 300 employees after three years that we were like, okay, now we're, we're starting to have something here. Yeah. It start, like, it feels right now. Mm-hmm. But, again, prove it in, eh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but but we started, so... So time frame wise, this is the this is the most, in my opinion, the one that takes the longest time to do. Mm-hmm. It's also the most long lasting. However, that's important, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's my my kind of metric or like scale I wanted maybe people show. But you can do Google Ads, right? And you can get some results tomorrow. Give Google a million bucks, and you'll get some results yeah. tomorrow. Where if you get hey this thought leadership program a million bucks and be like when do we get results I have no idea in five years yeah. it, I can promise you it's most likely actually going to be better than what you do in Google but I can't promise that it happens tomorrow like because it doesn't yeah. and that's a, that's always the problem right when you have yeah. this kind of we want results tomorrow and we want it to be measurable then things like thought leadership take the back burner right I think you always like I always try to I le- I, I try to in both United FinTech and Templay Templify a little bit compliant too but especially here in Sparkforce. Sparkforce is a little bit different in that sense, but but I try to allocate some of the marketing budget for thought leadership. Okay. Uh, and it and it could be something simple as allocating budgeting for having the podcast and distributing the podcast, or uh, having some ghostwriting done for a CEO, or having a PR budget. The PR budget is a little bit bigger, but but stuff like that. I always try to allocate it, and some it's not a lot, like five to ten percent, but but uh, always do some of that budget allocated where at least I have a tag that says thought leadership. Yeah. And sometimes it's overlapping. It's not like, you know, when you promote a podcast or you're doing demand generation instead, I don't know, somewhere in between. But but uh, but but my point is I always try to at least have some sort of tag on saying like at least an, an allocation of 5 to 10%, something like that. Okay. Typically more 5% than 10, but yeah. Duh. Interesting. Yeah, right now it's bucketed into branding. Yes. So the branding budget... Um, but then, yeah, might you know maybe people 
especially my my social media specialist going kind of, how much time do I put towards this yeah and then put towards this and put towards this and employee branding and all you know and so within that scope we also have to kind of carve out in terms of time how much time are we spending and it is a strategy thing it's a, it's a very strategic thing right I feel like you have to be smart about what you do because you can't do everything yeah. so you have to say like okay what are the things we're doing okay we're positioning this guy in, in to talk about these things we're going to do PR we're going to ghostwrite for him on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and we're going to get him on podcasts that's what we do because uh, if you have limited resources, pick a few things. And like now you have a toolbox of things we talked about today that you can do and, and go crazy. But but um, I think the most important thing is just you get your the person involved. Yeah. If you can get him involved, it, everything's just easier. Yeah. Get him excited about it. Get him excited. Then wanting to at least give you half hour a week of yeah. like, here's what I want to talk about. And then someone else can write it, check it. But yeah. And I think that's, yeah, I think getting them involved, I don't want to see level going I never said that. <laughs> no, you know it, it's. Super I've had that. I've had that yeah, experience. That, that like, uh, and that. I've had that with PR too. Yeah, they'll just be like, "This quote he gave us isn't really what we're looking for, so we're just going to change it." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, we're running close to the end of time. Yeah. Final thoughts. Um, invest in thought leadership. Uh, pick one or two strategies, and then invest in those. Uh, and at some point, it depends on your journey. Maybe if you're a huge corporation, you probably need to invest more in it, but. But if you're a young startup, pick one or two disciplines and you're like, hey, this is how we get our vision out to the world. Yeah. Like, this is how we want to build it. These are the people we're betting on a little bit, typically the sea level. Also, the reason when you bet, when you want to bet on sea levels is typically also those are the ones that don't go anywhere, especially founders. Mm. Right? Like, they might leave for other reasons, but you want to invest in someone who's sticking around with the company. That's also the thing, right? Like, uh, And it's kind of the face, right? It's the face of the company. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so we, 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 I've done a lot of that both, uh, and, and I think it, it works, but it takes time. It's yeah. time consuming. It's hard to measure, but it definitely matters. And I think maybe just to add on that in terms of small steps is get your C-level CEO, CTO, whatever, to commit to giving you a half hour a week to posting once a week, yeah. once a day is a lot, but you know, getting them on co- some kind of schedule, yeah. getting some kind of topics and aligning those with what marketing are talking about, what's happening in the market. In in other companies, we had our PR agency write entirely for our C-level. Yeah. Don't really like that because it feels a bit detached, but having them- I don't, I don't love it either. Actually, it's kind of like a funny story. I, when I worked for Trustpilot, I used to do, uh, I would manage the, the C-level's tweet, tweets, mm-hmm. yeah. all their Twitter accounts. And this was back when Twitter was, I feel like it was bigger than LinkedIn in Denmark at least. So it was, it was pretty huge, especially we were also operating in the U.S. and stuff, right? And Twitter Twitter was really big. So I would, I would write tweets. I would reply to comments on tweets. Yeah. I think it's a good way, but it's not a perfect way. Like the best, the best way is to do it themselves. It's than being co- totally silent. Exactly. But if you can get them to be the ones. That's even better. And own it, then it's going to be more authentic. Right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Thanks right. for listening, guys. Thank you. Go become thought leaders. Go be thought leaders. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.